also for just even what we've seen so far as our church has encouraged our members to look at some of the resources from Agora. Uh, we've had people who are like small group leaders go through the academy and it's really helped them actually to understand some of the people in their groups better. Welcome to the Agora Network Ministries podcast, Hope for the Agora, a conversation about mental health and the church. Listen in as our host, Evan Roars Dodge, shares practical, educational, and insightful information about the mental health conversation and the stigma inside the walls of the church. Our hope is that through informative interviews with leading mental health professionals and people in the field, and through the stories of healing and transformation, you will find that hope and healing can be found in body, soul, and spirit. To learn more, go to agoranetworkministries.com and follow us on social media. Thank you for joining us. Well, welcome to this episode of Hope for the Agora. I'm your host, Dr. Evan Dodge, and I am really excited about today's episode. It's going to be a little different. I have four guests today uh, to talk about Agora Network Ministries, why it is a vital ministry for the local church. I'm joined by Sue, Leah, Bonnie, and Alan. They are uh, all involved with Agora, and they're going to introduce themselves, share what ministry they're involved in, and what they do with Agora Network Ministries. I'm going to ask Sue to say hello, introduce herself, and to start us off. Okay, hello, thank you. I uh, appreciate uh, being involved. And uh, so I, I actually am on um, a ministry team with um, a, a large Baptist church in the city of Hamilton. And so I've been working on staff for almost 20 years. I actually began the work here in uh, ministry to women. And uh, so I directed all of the women's programs. Uh, it included some community programs as well. And so I did that for the first 15 years. And then in the last five years, I head up an area within our church care that is devoted to prayer counseling. We also have biblical counselors. We have a therapist uh, who works with us here uh, on staff as well. So yeah, basically just the church care division is, is where I land here in the church. But I also worked with uh, Alan for a number of years here on staff. And so I was uh, very pleased to be able to come onto the board of Agora. And so I serve in the role as uh, vice chair and kind of try and be helpful wherever I can. So I appreciate being on today. My name is Leah Jeffrey, and I am. Uh, I work as a social worker in a variety of roles. So I have a private practice, and I oversee a team of clinicians, uh, as well as a professor at Georgian College here in Ontario. Um, and so my role within Agora uh, is uh, one: I act as a board member, and two: I also provide mental health first aid training. Um, and so we'll talk a little bit more, I think, uh, later on about mental health first aid, but that's one of my primary uh, roles within Agora. So very um, happy to be a part of it. 
I'm Bonnie, Bonnie Gallant. I am the wife of Alan, and we are co-founders of Agora Network Ministries. And I guess my role is support my husband um, very much so and uh, be a part of the board also. Um, we are just so blessed that God has birthed Agora Network Ministries and that we can be used by him to be able to help others. So it is quite a privilege to be a part of this. So I'm next, uh, Alan Gallant, and uh, Bonnie has a big role to make sure I'm okay. Uh, and uh, she keeps me on the straight and narrow most of the time. But uh, thank you, Evan. It's good to be on today with uh, Sue and Leah and Bonnie. And uh, my role is uh, co-founder and executive director of the ministry right now. And uh, so that entails a lot of operational um, elements to the work of our ministry, but also um, we are the spokesperson, the primary spokespeople, persons uh, that go to churches and other um, events to share our story and to share the Agora Network ministry. Um, uh, ministry. So, um, my job is wide, um, but uh, it's a very <clears throat> fulfilling uh, role. And again, we're so pleased to have so many quality uh, Jesus followers on our board. And uh, we look forward to what God is going to do in the future and today. Alan, when you said that Bonnie's job is to keep you on the straight and narrow, all I was thinking was in those presidential debates. Where a, pre where a candidate says something and then the moderator turns to the other one and says, would you like 30 seconds to respond? And so uh, I'm sure Bonnie would, would need more than 30 seconds to address the way she tries to keep you on the straight and narrow. But um, yeah, well, thank I, I said I said earlier, Evan, I, I think you were on, but all she has to do is give me that look and I know I'm in trouble <laughs> or I should be quiet. <laughs> Uh, well, hopefully we won't, we won't need that look today as we're recording. Uh, well, thank you all for introducing yourselves. Um, Alan and Bonnie, maybe you can speak to the catalyst for Agora, uh, why it was launched. And I know many folks probably who are listening to this know some of, if not all of your story. They can find that in your book. They can find it on your website. Um, mm -hmm. But But maybe a bit out of your personal experience. And I, I know you found the church lacking in resources. And that was a catalyst for starting Agora. So maybe remind us of the catalyst for the beginning of this ministry and, um, and, uh, and we kind of reflect on how it's been able to, to serve the church in this vital way. Well, uh, five years ago, it's crazy that we can say five years now, Alan had a major stroke and um, it did leave him with not, with no ability to be able to speak. So, through the process, he was able to learn to speak again. So you will probably notice his voice is a little bit different or he has an accent. We all have become very accustomed to his little French accent now. So we just kind of joke about that. Um, we often say that the stroke was the easy part. It was about six weeks or so after the stroke that Alan would just start suffering with panic attacks. And we really weren't sure what to do. And he would have between 25 and 30 panic attacks a day. It was extremely debilitating for him, for us as a family, our children, all of us. 
And we had gone to walk-in clinics, mental health walk-in clinics, and, and tried to access uh, help, but they're really um, to no avail, I guess. It just, just didn't seem to have the answer. Um, long story short, Alan did end up in a mental health institute for 10 days where they were finally able to uh, regulate him through medication and things like that. So once he got out, we thought life was just fine, but unfortunately he spiraled again and, and we thought maybe it was a spiritual issue. So we went to the church for counseling and this church was wonderful to be able to offer this to us. But when we got there and we were going through the just speaking with this counselor, it came down to that we weren't trusting enough, we weren't reading our Bible enough, and we weren't praying. And to be quite frank, I remember feeling so angry on the inside that someone would even have think that they had the right to think that we weren't doing this. And I'm and we were at that point literally hanging on to Jesus because we didn't know how we were going to survive. So we were trusting, we were praying, we were reading, we were doing all the right things and still nothing um, seemed to change. So kind of moving forward, it was like, if we have experienced this and we went to the church for help and the church was not able to help us, how many more are out there that are suffering the same way? And this is where Agora started. Alan shared his story one day at a church and the church said, you need to share this. And the word Agora actually in um, Greek means now. And, or I'm sorry, no, in um, Portuguese, it means now. And so we knew that God had, um, was establishing this ministry through us, that this was the time to be able to break the stigma, hopefully, um, break down the walls of mental health within the walls of the church. You know, I'm going to jump in here because um, as a pastor for 33 years, I didn't really understand uh, mental health issues or illness. I was one of those pastors that always thought it has to be a spiritual problem. Now, saying that, I know that there's some um, people that struggle with their mental health or wellness because it, it, it is a spiritual soul problem. Um, and we can digest that a little, or uh, we can follow that up in a little bit. But most people that suffer with mental illness or mental health issues uh, really um, struggle because of uh, different, various reasons. Um, and I knew it wasn't spiritual. Uh, I had a lot of baggage in my life. I had a lot of, uh, you know, uh, worry and anxieties. Uh, but I, I knew that God wanted us to use our story to help others that um, uh, in the church that are struggling with the same things I did. Uh, so really, it was uh, we wanted to. Uh, changed the conversation about mental illness in the church. And so that really is the catalyst, uh, Evan, to why we exist and why we want to uh, raise awareness and have supports and resources for the church. Now, Bonnie said 
the word agora in Portuguese means uh, now, and we love that. But in ancient Greece and Rome, they had what's called the agoras. I say agoras. Uh, and they, the agora means the marketplace or where the people assemble. And so the church, to me, as we know, is where the people of God assemble. They come together. And so that's why our ministry is called Agora Network Ministries as well. Sue, I'd really be interested in getting your perspective as a, as a lay leader in your church leading a prayer ministry. What sort of things have you encountered in your ministry where something like Agora can really step in and provide resourcing to the local church? Yeah, uh, thank you for asking, because I, I think we've come a long way. I mean, I've, I've been 20 years here at the church, and so there's been, a, as Alan mentioned, a real shift in conversation. And I think a lot of things begin that way. I think churches in the past have not um, been able to have a robust discussion about mental health and and how it actually should look in a church care setting. Um, you know, I think that our approach often has just been basically using one tool. And I think it was Maslow who said, you know, pretty soon if all you have is a hammer, everything starts to look like a nail. Um, you know, I, I think that there is an approach to uh, church care and spiritual care that includes a number of, of different tools and, and different resources. And so that's one of the things that I appreciate a lot about Agora is that it's a network of resources. It, it's people, it's resources, it's books, it, it's, it's helping people to network with what they need. Um, also for just even what we've seen so far, as our church has encouraged our members to look at some of the resources from Agora, uh, we've had people who are like small group leaders go through the academy and it's really helped them actually to understand some of the people in their groups better. They feel like they're more equipped to minister, to show compassion, but also it's helped them often. I've heard the comment that it's helped them uh, if they're parents you know, they've, they've been able to uh, sort of look through a different lens at what's happening in their, their children's lives. And um, yeah, I think there, there are multiple layers of how this kind of conversation can be helpful in the local church. Thank you, Sue. Um, one of the things that I love so much about Agora is in having been in a variety of different denominations and with vast exposure in the church world, there are some denominations or Christian expressions that just kind of focus on the, the, the psychology or the psychiatry. And there are those that focus just on the spiritual emphasis. And I think it's, it, it's a holistic approach that brings the two together, good medicine, good therapy, good counseling, um, and then inner healing, prayer, spirituality, you know, we're, we're, we're created as, you know, body, soul, and spirit beings. And I think a holistic ministry addresses all of those. So maybe um, uh, Alan or Bonnie or Leah, Sue, whoever would like to jump in, 
Could you speak to that, that integration of sort of science and spirituality and how that drives what Agora does? Well, that's a great question, Evan, and I think we need a lot of time to unpack that. But um, again, in changing the conversation about mental illness, uh, it's important that people know that um, there are biblical-based explanations for mental illness. You can go in, back into the scriptures and find people like uh, you know, David. Uh, he wrote many of the Psalms. And uh, we see the, the um, distraught David at times, the depressed David, the anxious David. And uh, so, um, so when I read those things, it, it encouraged me. You know, here was a man after God's own heart. Uh, he was a man who knew God, who loved God. Uh, who followed, uh, you know, the instructions of God as best as he could, but he struggled in many areas of his life. So there's there's uh, there's a great place for understanding the brain, the 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 organ that we have, uh, and also understand that um, our brain responds to our soul um, so how my soul is will reflect how i think how i behave how i feel so you know it's important to understand the clinical and the biblical side of these uh, these things so um, we can address the holistic person the body the physical the the mind or the brain, the soul, uh, where I think, where I feel, where I make decisions, and my spirit. You know, uh, in my story, Evan, God was so present. Um, it was really um, his presence and his, um, his healing of my heart that helped me get my mind plus medication. <laughs> I, I, I say this uh, a lot to people, you know. Uh, we were fortunate or privileged to write our first book, The Beautiful Strokes of God. But I'm working on the second book. It's called um, Drugs and Jesus, A Great Combination. <laughs> Not really, but, but you know, medical and uh, spiritual, I think, can go hand in hand. I wonder if anybody else has any insight. Uh, well, I, I can just jump in from a clinical perspective. Um, one of the things I love about um, working with humans um, is that we're all so unique and also complex. And so, Evan, I really appreciated how you shared there's a variety of different factors that go into our wellness. Um, and so for me, I love finding, um, you know, what makes folks tick and and what uh, and also what, you know, triggers and, and, you know, the, the struggles and the joys that, that, that we face. Again, I love that holistic perspective. And I, I think for me, one of the things that sticks out um, when you're posing that question uh, is uh, some of the treatments uh, for mental health. Um, they have some of their roots in other religions and some, um, you know, from a scientific perspective, uh, you hear a lot about evolution, 
And it's so fascinating for me because when I share about sort of the neurobiology of the brain and how the brain works, on one hand, you may have a therapist who, from an evolutionary standpoint, will suggest how that came to be. But from a, from a God standpoint, from a faith standpoint, for me, I'm always in awe of how God has created our minds to actually heal itself. Um, and then he's put these incredible protective factors in how our bodies and how our minds respond to threats and how that continues on later on in life and how that shows up. So for me, I'm, I, I'm able to, you know, pending the individual that's in front of me, um, it's an amazing opportunity to normalize, validate that, you know, part of just being human uh, is having, you know, suffering, um, but also with suffering comes comes opportunities for joy. And so, uh, and I just really believe, you know, that, that God is so present in all of that. Um, yeah, so I, I definitely see kind of that didactic happening between the two. Uh, science clinically, you know, some of the clinical treatments, but how God is woven through all of it. Yeah, I agree with Leah because, again, um, she said it better than I did, but uh, God was weaving his work in my life and uh, it, uh, it it shown itself by uh, me becoming a new man in a, in a good sense of the word um the old alan was leaving you know um and the new alan was coming um to fruition based on what god was doing in my heart he was healing my brain but he was also healing my soul and it transformed you know i love the verse in uh, romans chapter 8 for 28 uh god works for the good you know and um he predestined us to become transformed into the image of his son so he has set a course for us whether it's good or bad he knows the course but he has set this course so that will be like more like his son jesus so um uh, i i think you know in a real way um yeah, Jesus is very active in healing our mind and our soul so we can uh, be transformed. I think, um, Evan, from my perspective, when I think of church life, um, I think that this generation uh, that is much more acquainted with the conversation about mental health, um, when I think of younger Christians, the conversation of mental health is not taboo. They've been raised in an environment where they're happy to talk about it. Um, so I think that for churches who aren't able to engage with that, uh, there's, a, there's going to be a greater and greater problem uh, as time goes on. Uh, Diane Langberg is one of the premier um, speakers and counselors uh, on the subject of trauma. She's utilized uh, her skills and her writing and her teaching all over the world. And she said, uh, I think a look at suffering, uh, a look at suffering humanity in today's world would lead to the realization that trauma is perhaps the greatest mission field of the 21st century. And so 
when I think of that, I, I think, you know, for churches that are not open to engage in this conversation, already there is a generation out there that is not going to be engaged by the church. I, I think also that this conversation about mental health, mental wellness, uh, wholeness is actually correcting a lot of things that we sort of see in a lot of churches we just threw out, you know, things like how does our, how do our bodies um, relate to worship? How do, how do we use our bodies in terms of, uh, you know, serving God and worshiping God? Um, we've elevated spiritual knowledge, but left behind the idea that emotional maturity should come with it, should follow it. Uh, so there's a lot of different things that are all packed into this conversation. Uh, wholeness and wellness is certainly one of them, but I think it actually, you know, when you think about how trauma and uh, our health affects our body and how God, you know, wants us to be engaged with him in our bodies and in our mind, uh, this is a this is a very, very timely and important conversation for the church. Thank you, Sue. We're going to take a brief break, and I'll be right back with my guests from Agora Network Ministries. Agora Network Ministries is offering Mental Health First Aid course. The Mental Health First Aid course is a course created by Mental Health Commission of Canada and is provided to identify when a person is developing a mental health problem, experiencing a mental health crisis, or a worsening of their mental health. Over one million people have been trained in mental health first aid worldwide. We're proud to partner with Mental Health Commission of Canada to offer this important course. The online course is over two days, November 22nd and 24th. Each session will be three hours in length, starting at 6 p.m. Take this opportunity for yourself, team, or staff to get educated in mental health awareness and receive Agora's special rate of $125. Go to agoranetworkministries.com and register today. Welcome back to this. Agora, we're continuing our conversation with folks involved with Agora Network Ministries about the ministry, and we're going to move to a conversation on the resources that Agora offers. Agora wants the church to become a place of healing, hope, and recovery, rather than condemnation, shame, and denial. And one of the ways Agora is endeavoring to do that is to provide the church with resources that makes that shift. And one of the resources they offer is the Mental Health First Aid course. Leah is involved with that, and she's going to share about that resource. Thanks, Evan. So Mental Health First Aid has been around for uh, a number of years, starting in Australia I, decades back. Um, and one of the goals of Mental Health First Aid, or one of the aims of it, is really to reduce stigma. Um, and so we've, we've talked a little bit about the stigma within the church already today. Um, and so I think... Uh, in my experience in providing mental health first aid through Agora, um, that's definitely, uh, I've seen a shift um, in terms of some of the feedback from some, from some of the participants. Um, so in mental first aid, what the goal, aside from reducing stigma, is to really provide, equip, and build capacity uh, in everyday folks in supporting individuals that may be struggling, suffering, or living with a mental health problem, a mental health disorder, 
Um, and so one of the things that we really focus on is one to normalize, uh, you know, that, that's, that this is a highly prevalent, um, uh, you know, um, concern in, in our, in our day. And so how can we help those that may be um, within our social circles, within our church, that faith backgrounds, families, or even ourselves. And so mental health first aid um, explores a few of the most prevalent uh, mental health conditions. And then what we do is really look at how can just anyone, regardless of your background, provide support. Uh, so it's the intention is not to come out as, uh, you know, doctors or nurses or, um, you know, psychiatrists. It's for any person who, you know, meets another human uh, who is struggling with mental health of some sort um, and, and provide some strategies so it's a really great course that um, can be taken by anyone. It's offered both in person, but also virtually as well. Thank you, Leah. Um, Alan, Bonnie, Sue, what are some other resources that Agora provides that our listeners need to know about? Well, <clears throat> uh, we're, we're always looking for ways to educate um, people about mental wellness, mental illness, um, how to recover, how to see yourself in a different light. Um, and so we are offering different other courses. Uh, the mental health first aid course, I would say everybody should take that. Um, Lita should be having a class every week. <laughs> uh, and, but uh, we know that's not possible. But I do want to push that. I think that's a great way to start. Uh, but we have what's called the Building Resilience course. <clears throat> it's a six-week course that will dive deep into the different diagnosis, treatment options, and practical skills that will help you and your loved ones understand various mental health issues. Now, uh, it sounds like the mental health first aid, but... It's not. It, it can go a little deeper and uh, you will, will have great uh, opportunities to uh, discuss and ask questions just like mental health first aid. But um, we have a, a, a teacher, a facilitator, a psychotherapist who teaches this incredible course. And you will come away with, again, more skills to understand how to help yourself and others. We have also uh, what we call the Agora 911 response uh, seminar. So this is to help people uh, understand how to respond to depression, anxiety, and personality disorders inside the church. Uh, so we really unpack what these things are but also we follow up with a training session to help you put together a mental health ministry in the, your church. And uh, we feel very strong that small groups, mental health small groups, are uh, a good way to get people talking about mental health and mental wellness and their own experience. So. The 911 response seminar and the uh, training seminar are uh, uh, for the church, uh, and uh, we really want to uh, 
uh, highlight those. Uh, suicide prevention awareness. We have a course that will help people understand suicide and how to help people inside the walls of the church as well. What is exciting, Ian, um, and the, we have three or four more courses that are being developed right now. And one is on the a roadmap to self-care or caregiving. So we'll, we'll talk about um, burnout and self-care and steps to help you uh, with your burnout and self-care. Uh, also, mental health and grief. So many people are experienced grief. So we have a doctor, uh, uh, Linda Lambert. She is an expert on the area of grief, and she's developing a webinar so people can get on and hear about how to cope or how to deal, how to heal through grief. Uh, we're also working on how to help our ministry leaders uh, uh, in the church as well. And uh, we're also working on helping our youth. I've been talking to a youth uh, uh, psychotherapist or social worker, and uh, she is going to be putting together a, um, a a course that will help young people and parents to know how to help young people in their struggle as well. So uh, we're uh, we're trying to get as many courses as we can in the hands of people. I think um, from my perspective in, a, in church life, I can speak to the fact that we, uh, as I said before, we've really benefited from a number of our leaders going through the Agora courses. Uh, it's been an encouragement. It's given them a safe place to be able to talk about their own uh, health and healing. But also, I think the biggest benefit is that it's slowly, slowly creating um, far more compassionate leaders who are better informed as to what people are actually struggling with. I think to not engage in these types of uh, training resources, the books that are available, to, to not engage is in a way, kind of having our heads in the sand. Um, statistically, we know that in, in North America, I mean, one in four women, unfortunately, by the time they, they come into their 20s, they've experienced some level of sexual assault. And the numbers aren't too far behind for men, one in six. Uh, I think the latest study that I saw said that one in 10 now often sitting in our pews will actually have a mental health diagnosis. And, you know, we, we know even in terms of family stability that uh, divorce rates in the church are almost as high or if not equal to uh, in general society. So I, there's a lot of emotional pain. And regardless of diagnoses or not, I think that for churches not to engage in some of these resources, the programs, for sure, the first aid, the mental health first aid, um, it, it's a little bit of uh, denial. I, I think we need to we need to have our leaders well trained, our staff well trained, and I think Agora has been really instrumental in doing that. Evan, if I can just kind of piggyback on some of that. Um, for 20 years, I worked in the funeral profession, and you know we would see um, many funerals that were done because of suicide. 
And I remember as a staff, we would just be appalled by how can they do this to their family? Can they, you know, see what's taking place? But after taking the Building Resilience course, actually we've gone through it twice now, it has opened my eyes totally in a different way on suicide and even the suicide prevention course. And I have viewed it through a different lens. It's not so much um, what they've done to their family and, and the and how they've left them, but these dear people, many who have taken their own lives, they just couldn't live anymore. It had nothing to do with not wanting to be with family. It was, I can't cope. And this is my only option. And in our journey, we've experienced that. Alan thought this was his way out would be to die by suicide. And so it, for us, for me personally, it certainly has um, made me more tender to people who have to, you know, who are journeying this journey. And I pray we never have to, but it, it is, um, I think all of us need to look at it in a different lens. Yeah, I, I, what I usually say is I, I didn't want to die. I just didn't know how to live anymore. And so uh, that's why I was thinking about suicide uh, thoughts, uh, and I, I didn't know what normal was anymore. Um, and I thought if this is my new normal, I didn't want to live. So I just didn't know how to live with the pain and the suffering. And I felt alone. I felt that no one really cared. And there was no one there that knew how to help me. I, well, I didn't know who to go to. And that's the difference. And that's the key. So Agora is trying to be that, uh, you know, um, that organization that will say, we know where you can go. Let us be the bridge to getting the help that you need. I, I went through a number of our networks uh, over the last week, and I'm just so pleased to see how many networks we have that we can direct people to for youth, for uh, those that are uh, in, in church leadership, um, suicide, you know, you name it. Uh, we have counselors and other resources that, that are beyond what we have that can help people. So, um, yeah, so I'm so blessed. We're so blessed to be able to be able to provide these things. Well, thank you all. As we bring this excellent conversation to a close, um, I want to just ask Alan, Bonnie, or, or Leah and Sue, um, if any folks are out there want to connect with Agora, if they're finding the things that we've talked about uh, really uh, meaningful and they're in need of some of the resources, what are some of the ways they can uh, connect with Agora and reach out and, and uh, know more? Well, I would say definitely go on our website. Um, agoranetworkministries.com. Also, check out our uh, social media, Agora Network Ministries. We are on Twitter, uh, Instagram, and Facebook, um, and they can reach out to us through those means, platforms. But on our website, uh, there's a phone number there, and you can call that phone number, uh, and uh, we'll get back to you. Or you can email info at agoranetworkministries.com. And that will get to myself, uh, and uh, we can go from there to uh, respond to you and uh, help you get the help you need. 
Well, I want to thank my great guests, Alan, Bonnie, Sue, and Leah, for your time today and for sharing uh, your heart about what Agora is and what it is doing. And um, so I want to just thank you, thank our listeners, and appreciate you listening. Well, thank you, Evan. It's been good to be on today. All right. Well, God bless and Agora Network. Um, Friends, hope for the Agora listeners. We will talk with you soon. Thank you for joining us today. We hope that you found it helpful and informative. We are always open to your comments and suggestions. You can contact us at info at agoranetworkministries.com. You can also go to our website for resources, information, and upcoming events. Just head over to agoranetworkministries.com. If you would like to support the work of Agora Network Ministries, including this podcast, you can find a link on our site. We appreciate your support. We pray that your week is blessed. Bye for now.